0: You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe a difficult place, or perhaps even in a very lonely place, you've come to the right place. Pastor Richard will challenge and encourage you today with a Christmas season message of God's greatest gift, Emmanuel, the hope of the world, as we share the 25 Talks of Christmas all this month on Richard Ellis Talks. Now, a reminder that you can always listen to, download, and even share this or any talk with a friend right from the Advent calendar on the website, richardellistalks.com. So, let's jump right in with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Hail
1: Mary. And if you look at the Catholic Church and what their official stance is on this, is that they are not encouraging anyone to pray to saints or to Mary herself, but to pray through them, okay? Does everybody understand the difference? So they would say, you're not praying to Mary, you're asking Mary to intercede for you on your behalf because you figure Mary's there, the saints are there, they know God, they'll get to God. Now, although that sounds like, well, that'd be cool and maybe she can help me, she really can't help you, okay? Mary is not going to be able to help you. And you really don't, there's no biblical precedent of any kind, there's not a verse anywhere in the Bible that talks about going through a saint, going through Mary herself, anybody to get to God. Now let me tell you what the Bible does say. Okay, let's start with John chapter 14. Go over there in the New Testament. John chapter 14. And then somebody may come along and say, dude, you know, just let it go. You don't have to get into these little nuances. You don't have to get into these little split hair things. People are just doing what they know to do and let it go. The problem is if you're really trying to get a hold of somebody, you want to go as straight as you can. You don't want a bunch of mediator, people in the middlemen kind of thing. You want to go straight to the source. So John chapter 14, let's look in here. Verse 13, and this is Jesus talking here. And he says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. Now, how many of you have prayed something and said, and I ask this in Jesus' name, and it didn't happen? The book says if you ask in Jesus' name, it'll happen. Okay? So keep that in mind. Go to John 16, verse 23 and following. And in that day you will ask me nothing, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name he will give you, until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So he's telling them to ask. And anybody that I grew up around pray, and Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name, right? We tack that on, because we figure we're not gonna get through without that. Go to 1 Timothy chapter two. I know it's gonna take a minute to find these things but it's important for you to see it in the book and to see that this is not my opinion. I believe this stuff, but it's right out of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And this is what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The only way you're going to get into heaven is through Jesus. The only way you're going to get through to heaven is through Jesus. Okay? This is no simple thing. This isn't some technicality. When you pray, you pray in Jesus' name for a reason because no one can get through to the Father but him. So it is not just some thing. Hebrews chapter 4, keep going to the right. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Now you have so much access to God when you go the right way that it literally says here in Hebrews four sixteen. let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, you don't have to be shy. You gotta have that same approach to God and say, God, you know what? I got something to say. Get these people out of the way. Now you say, well, what about, you're saying it's to go through Jesus. He's God, You're not going around God to get to God. Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the one, though, that we pray through to the Father. Now, you can talk straight to God, but if you want to get God the Father's attention, mention Jesus. There is power in that name. And I know lots of people I get in conversations with, and they'll drop some name. Oh, I was with so-and-so in that. You know what? You want to drop a name? Drop Jesus' name. Now you can get something happen. And the Father will listen to that like nothing else. But you can come boldly. I got that kind of access. Daddy, you just walk in the old office. If that's your daddy, you just walk in and go, hey, you know, I got something to say. You got to pay attention to me. I am here. Now, some people are terrified and they think, well, I can't get through. You can get through. And you're told here to go boldly into the throne of grace. Go to Hebrews 7 25, just a few pages over. Therefore, he is also talking about Jesus, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to what? Make intercession for them. The book talks about Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father ever lives to make intercession for us. I can't get any more powerful than that. I can't drop a name bigger than that. Just go through Jesus' name. You say, but I've always done this. These things make people really nervous. I'm not nervous about this. I'm trying to gently encourage you just to go in all the way. Do the deal. Talk to him. And you can't be slamming people, though. There are Catholic people praying these prayers who are out praying people who know better. You say, yeah, but they're just counting beads and repeating endless prayers. They may be praying more than you're praying if you're not praying at all. So before you go throwing them under the bus, stop and say, Lord, am I even talking to you the way I believe is the right way to get to you and not be disrespecting what they're doing? I'm saying if you come from that background, read the scriptures and be willing to readjust and say, it's not about agreeing with me or some church. You just say, Lord, what is the deal? What does it say? Is there a straighter way to get to you than the way I've been going? And if there is, and I believe there is, then do that. Now go to 1 John chapter five. If you go to the end of your Bible, you'll see Revelation back it up there's Jude 3rd, 2nd, 1st John, they usually put it in that order. 1st John chapter 5. Let's jump in at verse 14. And he says here, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now here you say, well, that's another technicality. Why didn't it say that in these other passages you read? Because the implication when Jesus said these things to his disciples was that they would be more interested in the Father's will than just what they want. So when you go to the Father and you say, Father, I'm asking for this in Jesus' name and you gotta do it, you can't be pushing your agenda more than you are asking for his will. You have to go in and say, Father, more than anything, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's what I'm telling you straight up. Now I got some specific things to cover with you while I'm in here talking to you and while we're having this conversation. But if in any way I am out of line or I'm really asking selfishly or I want something for me that really does not tie in with your will, then please correct me. So you don't go in with just some agenda, you go in saying I want your will to be done. I will tell you this, when you ask for anything according to the Father's will, and that's what he wills, you close it in Jesus' name, it's done. You got a deal. Because now you're not just asking for random stuff. You say, well, then I'm wasting all kind of time because I ask for stuff and it doesn't happen. Then spend more time building a relationship with the Father so that when you go to ask, you kind of know what he wants already. And you spend more time talking saying, Lord, what do you want for me? Then he gets you asking for what he wants to give you, and it happens every time. A lot of our praying is just hammering God with crazy stuff that really may not be what he wants. And as it turns out, we see that it isn't sometimes. Now let's go back over in the New Testament a few pages to Luke chapter 1. And I am going to use the King James Version here in one verse just for the sake of a word An old word that is used here in the King James. Luke chapter 1. In verse 24, if you go back and read the verses before this, the angel Gabriel, who is in the presence of God, has been sent by God to go to Zacharias, who is in the rotation at the temple, serving in the temple. He's in there. The angel shows up, says, your wife is barren. She's going to have a boy. Name him John. Zachariah asks the wrong question. Boom, he's a mute and walks out, can't speak. What happened? He writes down, this is what happened. And Elizabeth gets pregnant, and that's going to be John the Baptist in that womb. You read about that. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus has the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. And in the sixth month, in other words, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... The angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, I have no idea what heaven really looks like. We got some descriptions. But if you can imagine this angel Gabriel and whatever his job is every day for eternity, imagine how long they have waited for this day when the father says, go. Go talk to Zacharias. Tell him what's up. And then everybody waiting. And he says, six months later, now go back. See that little girl Mary down there? Go talk to Mary and tell her what's about to happen. In the sixth month, angel Gabriel sent to Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail Mary. It's basically the first Hail Mary in history. Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou, among women. Now, that's where the Hail Mary prayer comes from, some of the substance of this. Now, keep reading with me past this just a little. Well, let's go back up in here and take some of these words out. And I'm going to go one phrase at a time. He says... Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. The King James Version says here in the same place, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Why is he saying this to me? I don't think it through her that there was an angel. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end amazing stuff to hear then mary said to the angel how can this be since i do not know a man now the angel gabriel was sent to a man to announce the birth of a boy in Zachariah's case, the angel now is sent to a woman and she knows what has happened to her and she knows I am a virgin and turns out that's part of the reason she was picked huge reason she was picked. That's part of the prophecy. But she knows I am being told something that has never happened before. It is impossible. And so she clearly has a question. If I had been with Joseph, I could say, well, this turns out to be really good timing, Mr. Gabriel, because we kind of fooled around a little bit and I'm really pregnant. So if we can, you know, roll this thing out, it'll look good for you and everybody and I'll be okay. She's thinking that didn't happen. So her question is a very good question. She asks a question and gets away with the question. Zacharias asks a question and doesn't get away with the question because he knew better. He should have not asked what he asked. She says, how can this thing be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and now this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. And then this little phrase, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, "Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, And the angel departed from her. Now let me tell you something. this ain't no hell, Mary out of heaven. This is not God going. We're in trouble. We made Adam and Eve, they screwed up. they're in trouble down there. I tell you what, I'm just going to throw a long bomb pass, and we'll see if it works out. This is not risky, this is not just by chance, this is a plan. Flip over, if you will to. 1 Peter chapter 1. I know I'm going back and forth. I don't usually do this, but just find it. 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's jump in at verse 17. And he says, And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed, and look at this phrase, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him up from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. This deal, this is not some play they pulled out of the hat. This was foreordained before the foundation of the world, it says. The decision was made. We have to go in after him. So before Adam and Eve are even made, and, you know, I got to be honest with you. I don't get all this stuff. I'm thinking, you know, you got God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're in heaven, they make some angels, they got, you know, heaven, all that's all set, whatever went down up there, Satan decided he wanted to be equal to God, he gets thrown out, a third of the angels go with him, you know what, just keep it that way. And then somehow in God's brain, heart, mind, he goes, let's make something, Now why all of this happens, I'm telling you, I got this little bitty brain, I can't get my arms around it, it'll all make sense then, but they make the universe, they make the heavens and the earth, they make Adam and Eve out of dirt, they breathe life into them, this whole thing gets rolling, but what the book says is before all of that is unveiled and rolled out, they already knew we'd screw up. This thing is so pre-planned that before anything gets made, they go, you know what, we're gonna roll this out, But after we do, it's going to be catastrophic. We're going to have to almost wipe the whole thing out. We won't do that. We'll save Noah. It'll keep moving. But Jesus is going to show up. And everybody up there knows it. And all of a sudden, Gabriel gets sent in. He announces that it's time. Here comes Jesus. And he jumps into the game physically down here to redeem us. And again, it says here, "...with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, foreordained before the foundation of the world." Now do me a favor and go to Judges chapter 6. I would like to take one little phrase that is said, go back far left, front of your Old Testament. I'd like to take a phrase that this angel used and tie it to a phrase another angel used in another situation with a guy named Gideon. Remember what the angel said to her, rejoice or hail, highly favored one, and then this phrase, the Lord is with you. And go to Judges chapter 8. If you read this story, it's about Gideon. Verse 1 there, it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. So it's bad for God's people, but he picks this guy named Gideon. Look at verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which is really, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but this is where Oprah gets her name, if that matters to you. It's just spelled differently. Tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, which his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. So he is scared. He is threshing wheat in a winepress. You don't do that unless you're hiding. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him the same words. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Do you ever feel like God comes after you and tells you something? You go, what are you talking about? I'm scared. You're telling me all these things in Scripture. I read the Scripture, but that's not how I feel. It's not who I am. I am afraid. He says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, if he is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, let me give you a parallel here. I think Mary, either she was young or she just got it in a way that I don't get it. She knew something. She had amazing faith, amazing trust in God, and said, You know what? Okay, I'll do it, but I got a question. I've never been with a man. Joseph and I have not been together. How is this going to happen? But she says, be it unto me according to your will. And she signs up for the deal. Me, most of us, if God showed up, an angel showed up and said, anything like this, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. i go, absolutely not. I'm hiding in here threshing wheat in this wine press. Who are you talking about? And we get spooked. He asks us to do things that are bigger than us. He asks us to have faith. I don't have trouble doing the stuff I can do without him. It's the stuff I can't do without him when he says, trust me, step out there and do this thing. I will be with you. Now, let me tell you the simple promise here and what I say is don't throw up any more Hail Mary's. Just say, God, who are you? What are you asking me to do? Who is it that I am? What have you equipped me to do because you have asked me to do something? And just do it. Everybody in here, no matter how simple your task may be, you think, well, I'm nobody. Let me tell you something, you are somebody to somebody. And God will use you in extraordinary ways. You have no idea how these puzzle pieces fit together. And if God has come to you somewhere along the way or through his word, he reveals his will to you and you say, it can't be, I can't do that. He will never ask you to do something without equipping you and preparing you and providing for you to do it. The old phrase I grew up with, wherever God guides, he provides. But it is going to stretch you. How do you take a basically teenage little girl and say to her, you're going to have a baby, forget having a baby miraculously, you're going to be God's mother. I mean, it's scary enough being a mom without adding that to the equation. And Jesus is going to come out of your womb and you're going to have to raise this kid and protect him and not just mothering, but realize this is the son of God you've got. How do you do that? You do that one day at a time. You just trust him and do it. Now, I don't know what God has told you to do. I know some things that he's told me to do. But certain things for me are very safe. There are certain things for me, I'm like, I'm comfortable, I'm okay with this. But when I start getting pulled where God is telling me to go, that is bigger than me, it is beyond me, I get afraid. I start finding ways to sabotage myself. I start talking back. What did Gideon do? Uh Uh-uh. And Amy, I'm afraid, and then he starts, if you go look at the whole fleece thing, he asks for signs, and God is very patient with him. He's patient with you and me as well, but you know what? At some point, you are going to have to get in the game. You are going to have to respond and say, be it unto me according to your will, to your word, let's do this. And, you know, it's not in the Bible, but kind of get off your butt and do something, whatever it is God's told you to do. And you say, well, what difference does that make if I do it or don't do it? If you don't get yourself in a place where, when God says speak, there are lives at stake, that's all. You say, well, I'm tired. You're deciding to be in the game or not, to be a part of the process or not, to be in a relationship with God or not, to listen to him. I cannot be. You say, well, Richard, you're good at that. You know what, whatever. I can't be everywhere. People that are good at that, do it where they are. You are where you are, and you have been put there for a reason. And God wants to use you in the same way that he can use me or anybody else. But when you let sin, you let distraction, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, our own hypocrisy, into the thing we go, oh, I can't say anything. And then because we couldn't say anything, all that happens is someone ends up in hell. No big deal. You say, well, that's not my responsibility. Whose responsibility is it? And of all times of the year, Christmas is one of the easiest times of the year to have these conversations. This country still can't help itself. We are still playing Christmas music, praise music to shoppers. Now, they're going to figure it out before it's all over. They're going to pull it all out. But you know what? You can't stop Jesus. I don't care whether they call it Christmas or not. Just because they print Christmas on their sales ads, I don't care. i got to trump the sales ads with my life. i got to bring Jesus with me when I go in these places. You say, but I got problems, Richard. You know what, I got a certain amount of problems too. I got a certain amount of stresses. But there are people out there depending on you, waiting on you. They're not waiting on me, they're waiting on you. They're waiting on you to figure it out. They're waiting on you. you say, well, I don't know what to say. Then learn what to say. A baby changes everything. This baby changes everything. And I've been with a bunch of you when this thing happens and seen you literally born into the world. And if I could help you get in on that deal, that is amazing. But it is not just getting in these moments and saying some Hail Mary prayer and going, oh, God, help me. You know, you can figure it out, but there is a way to be prepared. God had a plan. You have to have a plan. You've got to have some purpose. You've got to wake up in the morning and say, God, this is the day you have made. I'll rejoice, be glad in it. It is your day. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll speak when you want me to speak. I'll be silent. I'll deal with my stuff the best as I know how. I'm going to get people Around me to help do that. But God, I'm asking you, use me today. It could be the last day of my life. Everybody listening to me today, especially everybody in this room, each of you work somewhere, go to stores somewhere, you go to school somewhere, you're around people and they are hurting and they are crying out to God and they cannot figure out why no one will speak, why there is not an answer to their prayer. Because they're throwing up Hail Marys, they're throwing up whatever they got. My mama had a simple prayer. And she told women all over the planet to pray this prayer. If it's all you can get out, help Jesus help. And I think there are a whole lot more people out there screaming, help Jesus help, than you have any idea. Be available, be sensitive, look around, be gentle, but speak
0: and let him speak through you. You'd be amazed what can happen. Thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We hope you're encouraged by Pastor Richard's unique way of challenging us to become more like Jesus, especially during this holiday season. You know, that's the goal of this program and the goal of Richard himself, to be God's hands, feet, and voice, to help us grow in our faith journey and to become a reflection of Jesus to our neighbors, our community, and the world. You know, when you open your heart and life to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that's the beginning point of the most amazing journey you'll ever experience. But it's also a journey that we want to join with you. So we'd love to hear from you, whether you've been on this faith road for a while or just getting started. The website is richardellistalks.com. There's a prayer wall to click on so you can share how we can come alongside you this holiday season. Also, during the 25 talks of Christmas this month, it's a different holiday-themed program each and every day. So if you miss any previous Christmas talk, just click on the Daily Talks Advent Calendar to listen to, download, or share any of these Christmas talks. It's right there at richardellistalks.com. And finally, a quick reminder that you can automatically receive a direct text on your phone each and every morning that will link you to the most recent Christmas talk on the website. Simply text the word Richard to 855-6-RICHARD. That's the word Richard to our toll-free number 855-6-RICHARD. So until the next of our 25 talks of Christmas, we love you. We're praying for you, and we thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.